eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's talk about two coaches that you know and have played for. Uh, and in fact, we're on the same staff uh, when you were there in Atlanta. Uh, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn. Let's start with DQ. Yeah. He was your head coach in Atlanta. We have certainly talked about him before. Mm-hmm. And I will say it is, it's really tough for a head coaching candidate to lose in the playoffs the way that he did. Does that define him? No. But it is an outsized data point because... The whole league is watching, and that includes the owners that are going to hopefully hire you. Mm. Um, where week in, week out, they're either on their yacht somewhere uh, or at the game watching their own team. They're not watching the entire league. They're certainly tangentially aware. But when the whole league sits down and watches you get gashed in the way that that defense got gashed for the Cowboys, probably not the best thing to have as the last piece on your resume for Dan Quinn going to these interviews. That said, he's also got a Super Bowl ring as defensive coordinator with Seattle. Um, and he obviously made another Super Bowl there in Atlanta uh, with Kyle. And and we all know what happened in that Super Bowl. It's not great. Uh, so with that said, Dan Quinn, head coach candidate. How do you how do you like him? I mean, I can't say enough good things about Dan. I think when I went to Atlanta, it was like a brush of fresh, fresh air for me in my career. Like, and quite honestly, because he just did such a good job of creating like one of the best cultures I've ever been around. Like it was so fun to come to work. It was so fun to be a part of his vision. He cared about the players. He's passionate about the players. Obviously he's a smart football guy, but 
you know, I can't speak to McDonald and what he does, right, and how the guys like him. But having been a player for Dan, I know he just builds relationships at the highest level, you know. And I know um, he has a really good relationship with Kyle. Kyle's got a great, great relationship with Adam. So I think like that's your, when you're getting a referral from Kyle Shanahan. I think that's a big deal. I also think you know one of the things I keep I brought this up a couple times on the show, and I just it's to me it's one of the most valuable things that he's done. Like despite all the stuff he did for me in Atlanta, what I saw him do with the team there, like. After he got fired, I remember he called me and said, you know, I'm trying to figure things out, like where I went wrong. And like that reflectiveness, that growth mindset, I think is so important. So I don't think he's going to make the same mistakes that he made in Atlanta. And I think he's going to kind of, he just, he's just a good dude, man. Good dude. Awesome coach. Can't say enough positive things about him. I think the team would be very lucky to have him here. Obviously, he's a little bit older. And, you know, is this the right fit for what Josh Harris wants with Adam? I don't know. And so that's, again, something that goes through in the interview process. But in terms of building a culture, a positive work environment, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a guy better than that um, in terms of building relationships with players. So, um, again, like, it's more than that. You know, it's, again, does the vision align with what they're trying to do in um, in the front office here? But in terms of that kind of stuff, he's excellent. Yeah. I mean, every time I've heard you talk about him, I'm like, what more could you want in yeah. a head coach? Um, you know, obviously, I think you have the reality that it didn't go great uh, in Atlanta right. after Kyle left. And yeah. the question is, is that reflectiveness that he had? Um, you know, like, how does it actually implement? Because it's easy in the moment yep. to be like, all right, how did it go? But then actually implementing the change is, is difficult. You know, how do you go about finding that network and making sure that you are set on the offensive side of the ball when you are a defensive guy? How involved would he be on the defense would be another question I'd want to yep. know from him. Um, and I don't know, when, when he was the head coach in Atlanta, like how hands-on was he versus obviously coming off a tremendous coordinating run in Dallas, even if it has the sour ending? Yeah. So I think, you know, obviously one of the things about Dan that you love is, again, you see some of that same innovativeness that you see from McDonald, right? Putting playmakers in good positions to be successful, taking away the most valuable asset, disguising coverages, getting guys coached up. It's all there, right? It's a good defensive mind, just a different way to get to it. Um, so when I was in Atlanta, he had he had rescinded defensive play calling duties. He had kind of gone in a different direction. And I think um, and he was just kind of purely a head coach. And, you know, during my time there, it got really bad defensively and he had to kind of re get back in the saddle and take on play calling duties again. And I think that's that's also a really good example of, you know, everyone talks about the Kyle Shanahan thing, but it also I think it's important to note, like they just paid Matt Ryan a lot of money. They just paid Julio Jones a lot of money. They just paid Jake Matthews a lot of money and they didn't really have a lot in terms of roster scaffolding outside of that. And I think like it was kind of the thing we're going to, you know, I think we'll talk about this later, maybe with Philly or with Dallas, like when you pay that guy a lot of money, it becomes really hard to make a roster around it. So near the end of that, like the roster just was not very talented. So it was really hard for us to be competitive in football games if Matt wasn't playing lights out, if Julio wasn't playing lights out, right? And I think that's something that, again, is something you got to learn from if you're him and kind of how we're going to build this team and, and issues, right? So it's not only the coordinator leaving, but it's also kind of the degradation of the roster after Kyle leaves because you got to pay good football players and they paid those guys a ton of money. So I think that, that, that that's kind of another element that needs to be considered in terms of how he built that team. And so when he was calling the defense, like it wasn't great, but I think it's also because the defense at the time wasn't very talented, you know, and I think we've seen here firsthand, like, you know, like just looking at these candidates, like, Ben Johnson, that offense, he's he's doing a lot of innovative stuff. Very talented group. 
McDonald, very talented uh, in terms of what they yeah. have in Baltimore. Um, even in Dallas, a very, very talented group. So I think that's all that all has to be considered when kind of looking at the coach and looking at what's going to happen year one, year two, or th- year three with them because they got to kind of build this sucker back up. Right. So I actually, I think that's a good like pause, timeout. Let's get yeah. more general for a second. The goal is to have good players. Yes. Um, right. And they've got some here that feel like they've been terribly misused, um, mm-hmm. whether that's offensively or defensively. You just you just kind of look at the tape sometimes and you go, there's got to be a better way to do that than this. Like right. that that guy, whether it's 17, whether it's one, um, some of the stuff with Curtis when Scott was here, we were just like, right. how come you can't get him the ball more? Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes there's explanations of there's only so many balls to go around. Oh, they well, they ran 35 plays in the game because the defense yeah. do whatever. Like sometimes there's individual specific things, but on a macro level, I think it's a very fair criticism of right. the last four years to say there are talented players that have not been maximized. And also it is fair to say that the goal is in building a football team. This is earth shattering analysis is to have good it's, football players. It's true, though. I mean, when good coaching meets good players, that's when you win at a major level in this league. And so the fact these guys have shown the ability to do this is ultimately a good thing. It's just it it makes it a little harder on the evaluation to parse out how much of it is, hey, they got great players versus, wow, they're really doing this with the X's and the O's and the coaching and the teaching and the motivating and, and all the other stuff that goes into it. Yeah, and I think I think Dan, when you look at his resume, Quinn specifically, like think about how bad that defense was before it got there, you know. And I think one of the reasons it's better, it, it was like an overnight transformation in terms of production, is because of how he's able to motivate guys. I think that's obvious, you know, when you look at him and his career. I think um, that with Ben Johnson, it's a little bit more challenging to kind of parse out who's the motivating factor there. Is it a Dan Campbell? Is it him? Is it you know, is Jared Goff this dynamic leader in that room? Does he fit that style? So I think that's where it becomes a little bit more challenging. I think Dan has shown his resume to me. The transitions he's gone through has shown that he can motivate guys at a high level. But again, you need talent. And I think that's the thing where you look at these teams. You look at um, Baltimore's a great example. Detroit's a great example on the offensive side of the football. They have pieces that I think are probably less talented in other locations, but they fit the vision of the coach. And I think that is why this relationship is so important. Like we can talk about resumes all we want, but it's really, how does Adam Peters and whoever coach come in, communicate that vision? And then how does Adam Peters, because he's shown an ability to get the players you want in the organization, like at a high level, he's shown that he can do that. It's just about, is that coach able to identify his vision, communicate that vision, and then let's build this roster out. Because I think you look at San Fran, and when I got there, you know, in 2017, that wasn't good. I think that was his first year, and Adam Peters, his first year. But yeah, Kyle, yeah. you better believe, he's got a great vision for that roster, right? Great vision. And look at that roster now. It is it is an encapsulation of Kyle and his perspective on football. You know what I'm saying? And yep. that's because they had such a good working relationship. That's why, to me, again, the records, the you know, the, the offensive innovation, all that's important, but it's what is your vision? Can we get it identified? And can we get it communicated? And and again, like, I think Dan has shown an ability to do that. Um, I think uh, and Ben Johnson and McDonald, I don't know, because I don't know them personally. But I like that's that to me is like the crux of the interview when they do this virtual interview later this week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. For sure. All right, which brings us to the last guy who you also know personally that we know is interviewing uh, as we record this on Thursday today, and that yep. is Raheem Morris. Um, Ra is one of the most interesting coaching resumes of anybody in the National Football yeah. League. Um, he was a head coach at 33 in Tampa. Uh, it didn't go great. He had one 10-win season, but uh, the other two were, were pretty poor um, and ultimately let go pretty quickly. Um, he reemerges in Atlanta with Kyle and, and gets flipped over to the offensive side of the ball, which I would love to learn more about um, kind of that him coaching on that side of the ball because I mean, eventually he goes back to defense. So clearly like that wasn't yeah. his long-term future, but like that doesn't necessarily mean it went poorly and you yeah. were there. So like we can talk about that, um, but has reemerged with Sean McVay in LA uh, as the defensive coordinator had helped them win a Super Bowl, And every single person I know, which is, you know, a decent number relatively yeah. speaking because of his time here. Cause he was, he was here back on that staff in 2013. Um, Everyone loves the guy. Like, just everyone is like, Raheem Morris is one of the best dudes you will ever meet. Uh, so, what's the Raheem Morris profile? I'm going to tell you the same thing. He's an awesome dude. One of dude. the best dudes. Yeah. yeah. And he's an awesome dude. He's super dynamic. He gets, he relates to players at a high level. You know, like, kind of wherever you're coming from. He just, he just has this kind of presence about him that's infectious, you know. And again, he's not... I haven't been with him when he's been, you know, the leader of the defense, but I think he was, you know, the receiver receiving coach, pass game coordinator. When he stands up in front of the room, he commands the room. He has a relationship with everybody on the roster. Like it's awesome, you know, and he's a smart football guy, you know, cause he, that ability to go from offense to defense, I think, and then back to, or from defense to offense, then back to defense, I think just speaks to his insight. Like he was coaching receivers in Atlanta and getting guys better and improving play. And I think that's, that's awesome. You know, so he so would have been there like when Muhammad San Sanu was Sanu. like emerging and doing yeah. I mean, it's one thing to coach Julio Jones. I mean, to an extent, I could coach Julio Jones. Julio, go be awesome. Okay, good. Ready right. Um, but right. like the how Sanu grew and, and some of the other young guys in Atlanta, That's right. like, that was that was tremendous. That's exactly right. And so he I think he deserves obviously some credit for that. You know, like it's the player getting motivated, but also knowing how to speak to the player. And I was there and I saw like um Zacchaeus, you know, who was like a yeah. like a undrafted free agent, kind of blossom under his tutelage, and he just found ways to kind of maximize guys and and put guys in good positions. So again, I think he's a really bright dude. I think he relates to players at a high level. Um, I think he thinks football, big picture, high level, which is what you want. He's got kind of a little bit of um, it's it's a little different flavor, but it's kind of the Sean McVay. You know, he's got this really dynamic, charismatic personality that's a lot of fun to be around, and that that gets guys excited to come to work. And, and again, he's very passionate about football. So um, I think it's awesome. I think it's great what he's done in uh, LA. You know, when you look at some of the stuff they were doing early in the season, having a hard time with coverage bus, letting free runners. And then as they made their playoff push, just kind of batting down the hatches and and really coached it up and, and, and that group developed, which is great to see. So I, I got nothing but good things to say about him. You know, after I got cut, I remember he reached out to me the same day said, man, it was great working with you for the year. And, I appreciate that kind of stuff because I think there's a yeah. human element to this thing that often gets forgotten. And for him to kind of be able to hit on that and still be a, a good professional is, is fantastic. So, and, and to me that fits kind of what Adam Peters vision for the coaching staff is right. Or for, for the staff in general is we want to have good relationships. We want to be able to make tough decisions, but also remember the humanity of it. I think that speaks to that, that raw Raheem 
fits that, I think. Yeah, I like he's he's kind of my dark horse candidate that I really would be curious about because he has the network. Like we talked about McDonald. Uh, yeah. like, does he have the network? Like Raheem Morris knows everyone. Everybody yeah. loves him. Yeah. Like that dude would have no problem putting together putting together a bomb coaching staff. Right. And I do think the fact that he would probably be running like he would be demanding of running the Kyle slash Sean, some offshoot of that offense. Sure. And there are plenty of guys around the league that are capable of being the OC there. So if all of a sudden you get someone who moves on, you do have the ability to keep some level of continuity. But he's plugged into those trees. He knows everybody. He's someone that people want to work with and for. And unlike like not to be not to to feel like I'm putting down Dan Quinn at all, but like Dan Quinn to me fits the the retread more than Raheem Morris does. Sure. Like Rog Rog got the head coaching job when he was 33 years old and didn't really get the best shake down in Tampa of yeah. it. Um, and, and and he'll tell you he didn't handle that well. Like you know he'll, yeah. he'll he'll be very honest. And I think again the self awareness to be like you know I didn't I could have done it better. That is always important to hear from a coach. You know, and I think. Um, Taking personal accountability is a big deal. Like in, in not from co- like for coaches, obviously, but in any type of leadership position. And I think all the guys we're talking about that I know um, are that way. And I think the t- the organization would be very lucky to get any of them. But um, I, I do understand what you're saying about the Dan Quinn thing. Like Dan, yeah, Dan, Dan will be 54 a- this year. Um, yeah. Raheem Morris is going to be. I mean, at this point, you no know, that 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 Tampa thing was a long freaking yeah. time ago. Um, yeah. He is going to be 48 this year. Um, but that's still like, I mean, if he's your coach for 15 years, like he's still a decade younger than Belichick is right now. And Pete Carroll is right now. So, um, you know, when you're looking for like the young youthful energy, even though he was a head coach a decade ago, like you, you check that box with Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn's got tremendous energy. Um, he, he brings a, uh, I mean, dude wears his hat backwards. What more could you want? Um, but you know, it's different. I like to me, Raheem Morris isn't a retread. He's a he's a guy that's been around for a long time who happened to be a head coach a long time ago. Right. No, I, I definitely understand that where that's coming from, and I, I think it's like with both those guys. Like I think I think they'll I think you know Dan probably is. I would imagine him getting a head coaching job this cycle. But I hope the same thing for Raheem. I think yeah. because of the things you're talking about. I think he is an innovative guy. I think he's smart. I think he's a good leader. I think all those things are super important and. Um, I think the maturity you mentioned, you know, he got the job when he was 33. And I think I remember talking to him. He said, you know, I wish I'd just been a little bit more mature about it. And uh, again, like now he's here, you know, what is that? 12, 13 years later, whatever the math is there, like that's yeah. a big deal. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited. I hope I hope they both get jobs. I think they both deserve jobs. Um, and it just depends on whether it's the right fit here in Washington or not. For sure. Um, you know, other reporting is that Johnson is the favorite. I think a lot of that is just simple math of he's the number one guy and almost like kind of the consensus number one. Um, and this seems to be the number one opening. So we'll see. It would be really nice if raw or slow, got it. And finally that 2013, 2012 Washington staff picture gets to finally, like so many teams have reaped the benefits. Can, can can we be one of them here? (laughs) That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. And it's, uh, you know, it's funny you talk about Bobby. I think Bobby's probably a year away, you know, but I mean, if the iron's hot and the situation's right, good for Bobby. So yeah, but I I think, I think they both deserve long story short. I think they both deserve head coaching shots. It just depends on whether it's the right, right fit here, I think. And, uh, you know, only the only person who knows that or the only people who know that are Josh Harris and, uh, Adam Peters. So we'll we'll get an answer sooner rather than later. Yeah. And they don't know it yet because they still got a bunch of interviews to do. Um, and like we talked about, uh, especially with McDonald, like the interview portion is extremely 
important because you are interviewing for a different job than you have. Like it is yeah. coordinator and head coach are different jobs. And we've seen it all across NFL history um, and, and understanding as Adam Peters certainly does, like what an NFL head coach looks like um, and, and do, does this person meet, meet those qualifications is something they'll have to suss out in these interviews. Uh, what they won't have to do is compete with Philadelphia and Dallas for head coaching positions, especially Dallas. We know that for sure. It looks like Nick Sirianni is probably safe in Philadelphia as we record this uh, famous last word. Sorry, Nick, that you apparently just got fired because we jinxed it. Uh, but no, it, it looks like Sirianni is going to be safe in Philadelphia and they're going to look to replace the coordinators. So uh, what we're going to do is play a little NFC East. Would you rather, uh, aka, who would you rather be? The Eagles or Cowboys that just flamed out of the playoffs or the Commanders with this fresh slate ahead or the Giants in whatever state they're in. Uh, we will suss that out next. Next.